I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest today is the founder and head of North Star Jiu-Jitsu, as well as spending over 38 years training, competing and researching all aspects of martial arts and personal well-being. He has a new book coming out. So to tell us more about all of that, please welcome to the podcast, Andy Dickinson. Hi, Andy. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. We are recording this. This is my official earliest record we've done, but I am so excited to be chatting uh, with you today because we've got a bit of a, a history before the record and we'll get into that. A little later on, but um, first of all, tell us about your um, jujitsu experience. When did that come into your life? Very early on, Amy came into my life when I was seventeen years old, so quite some time ago now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I just knew, knew it was my life. My last work, the moment I saw it, it just really attracted me to it. And what is it about jujitsu that you resonate with so much? Um, mainly the whole aspect of martial arts, the mind, body, spirit aspect of martial arts, the, the way that you, you can tune the body, you can tune the mind at the same time. Really, really the, the, the depth of the martial arts really, really attracted me. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, yeah, body and mind, they work so cohesively, so to be able to train them both at the same time would be very advantageous, I imagine. Absolutely, yes. I, I um, competed for quite some time, competed around the world and, uh, there's always something missing in the big scheme of things for me, so I always went back to basics. Brilliant. And where was your favourite place around the world that you got to compete? Definitely in Tokyo. In Tokyo was wonderful. I spent many years going back and forwards to Tokyo. What was it about Tokyo that you really liked? Just a sharp contrast with the rest of how we live. The sharp contrast and the, the, the openness of the people and the friendliness of the people. It's wonderful. And so at North Star, is that school, or I'm not sure exactly what you call it, but jiu-jitsu school still operating? Can people take classes? Yes, we've got some very strong dojos here in Sydney and, um, and Perth. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not involved in the day-to-day running of the dojo anymore, student anymore. I'm, um, I don't think I over, oversee the whole operation. Okay, beautiful. Well, dojo is the word, not school. So I've learnt something already this morning. Thank you. Uh, and if anyone wants to get more information, they can uh, Google North Star Jiu-Jitsu and have a look at that. But we are not a Jiu-Jitsu podcast. We are a podcast for Shake It Up <laughs> Australia Foundation. So my first question to you about that, Andy, is is Parkinson something you feel comfortable talking about? Very much so. I really enjoy sharing my journey with as many, many people as I can. Was that acceptance for your diagnosis something that took time or you had a pretty quick process there? It was very quick because I, I, was, um, I had, had all the, uh, the signs of Parkinson's for quite some time. 
And uh, was good. I thought was, they, they made me out to be a quack you know, or a hypochondriac. And um, I was quite relieved when I was finally diagnosed because I had something to fight. Some tangible in front of me that I could, I, could, I could focus on. So you mentioned that you had symptoms for quite some time. Was getting a diagnosis difficult or was it more you didn't go to the doctor? Like what was that journey to find out you actually had Parkinson's? That's a very, very good question. And I think that that goes back to my my martial arts training. I was very diligent, very um, very body aware. So I, I could feel there was some, something wasn't quite right. I could feel that there was parts of my, my body which were just not acting the same way as I used to. My, I had a slight tremor in my left hand. I um, I found my left jab, my, my left punch. It was, it's always been a very, very strong um, uh, martial arts movement. I found it, it was quite, it was getting quite slow and my, my arms were swinging when I was walking. So I went to a doctor in 2006 and he said, no, nothing wrong with you, go away. And then I went, but he had, he had something, he had something in his mind then that maybe there could have been something more sinister. So he just, yeah, I went back every year until 2016. So I was going another six years. And um, he finally said to me, you've got, you've got Parkinson's. I said, that's a new beauty. Thank you. So there was from 2006 to 2016, you, that was when you first exhibited symptoms. And so 10 years until you found out what that tangible thing was. Exactly. But in retrospect, if I went to a different neurologist, maybe he would have picked it faster. This neurologist was very good, but he just... um was very precise. Was that difficult in that 10-year period? Because, like you said, you are so tuned in with your body. Was that a frustrating or scary experience when you couldn't work out why you couldn't control things in the way you could before? Very, very, very concerning. And I, and I went to several doctors and several, several specialists. They all said to me, same thing, you're so fit, you're so strong, don't worry about it. Gosh. I, I spoke to Clyde Campbell and... Um, he was he was excellent, real mentor for me, and he said to me, "Go and see my my specialist, and he'll pick you up." I went to him in 2017, and he did. He, the moment I walked into the door, he said, "You have Parkinson's. Take take these pills." And so, when you finally got that diagnosis in 2017, how did that change things? Did getting to take the medication alleviate some of the symptoms you're experiencing? Yes, definitely. The medication kicked in straight away. And it was wonderful. I had a, real, I had a real honeymoon period there for a while. How are the symptoms now? Um, well, I've had DBS. You can see my 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 probes and my my skull there. And I talk about DBS in my book, but the whole experience of DBS and it's very um really alleviates the the tremor and the the dyskinesia and the I, I had very bad dyskinesia the movement of the head and um. The DBS simulation, DBS really alleviated that, really smoothed out my, my motor symptoms. But it doesn't, doesn't fix the, um, the, the ups and downs of the medication, the on and off times. So my on and off times get quite severe. And I get very, um, very heavy and very tired and very, my jaw chatters a lot and I get very, uh, fatigued. So what, what, they, what they've done recently, they, they put me on, on NeuroPro. We just, we just stick on patches and uh, that seems to have even added a little bit. That's really good. That's fantastic. So it sounds like you're still sort of trying to juggle the different treatments and, and things like that to find what might be the, the most perfect outcome. I mean, it's a constant struggle. Not, not, not day by day, minute by minute. I find I'm having to reinvent myself every minute, every, every, every minute of the day goes on because you never know what, what day you're going to get with, with the medication. 
And my voice, my voice is, um, with an accent for me, I find it very difficult to sometimes maintain the enunciation of my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's the enunciation of my pronunciation. And um, but I'm going to deal with it in the way that I prepare and the, the amount of voice speech therapy that I do. A wonderful speech therapist, Natalie James, if anyone's interested. She's awesome. It sounds like it, it physically is obviously exhausting, I guess, having to really be activating those muscles, particularly for speech like you were talking about. But also uh, I would say mentally it's exhausting when you just, you're not sure what your day is going to look like. You're not sure how things are going to play out. How are you doing coping with those daily challenges? I dive into them, Amy. I dive into them. With no, with no, with no restrictions whatsoever. I dive into them. I, I go and see my friends. I spend time with my family. I, um, I, I indulge in life completely. I write books. I write blog posts. I get, I get stuck right into it. I'm Andrew Dickinson. I've got paid a big deal. So talk to me about those friends and family. How has the support been from your community? Excellent. Excellent. My, my, my two older sisters have been wonderful. My older brother's been great. And my, my younger brother's been terrific as well. My family's been excellent. They, they, they know I'm a fighter and they know that I, um, I can manage. So they, they don't push me at all. They just they help me where they, where they can. If I need help, I just ask for it and I get it. My friends have been wonderful as well. I, um, they, kind of, they couldn't believe it because I kept, I kept it quiet for quite some time. They couldn't believe it. I said, you look so well. You look so, so, so healthy. I said, it's just the, the icing on the cake. But they're great. They're really good. We really love, really love my friends. It's clear that you have such a, a fighting spirit and you're very determined and passionate. Where do you think that came from? I've got no idea. I, 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 I asked myself that question. I have no idea. I look back at my childhood, my, um, my time as an apprentice plumber. Back when I was 16, and I, I really suffered through that time because I was badly bullied. And um, it was back then the seeds of, of, of determination and, and um, dis- discipline really sprouted. When I, when I discovered the martial arts, I had something tangible I could, I could apply that to. I was really, um, from a very young age, I was quite determined to, to be the best I can possibly be in everything I do, no matter what. Sometimes in my detriment, though, I never knew when to quit. That's still a problem now. Yep, certainly something we all, that all or nothing kind of principle can sometimes be um, an absolute asset because it means you work really hard and you're determined in the, that perfectionistic type thing, but it can also be uh, a bit of a curse sometimes when you don't know <laughs> when to walk away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned before as well about speech therapy, and obviously we talk here a lot about different allied health services that people use and find helpful to um, help with their symptoms. So speech therapy has obviously been a big one. Talk to me about that or any other treatments that you're doing that you found helpful. Yeah, speech therapy has been wonderful. It's been, um, it's managed to keep me, keep my equilibrium. I have to say the biggest therapy that I think is, is exercise. Just keeping the body moving no matter what. You can't sit still for a second. You've got to keep moving, keep, keep, Goal setting and moving towards your your um moving your body, so that, that's a, that's a must for me. I do I do weights, I do heavy weights, I do yoga every morning and yoga and um tai chi and qigong. Qigong is a, a Chinese form of yoga of, of um tai chi. Uh, it incorporates meditation and tai chi and qigong. It's wonderful. I love it. It's um about fifteen minutes. I did every morning without fail. 
that gets my body moving, gets the, the sentiment working through my body as well. Uh, well I said I did weights and I do um, a lot of bike riding, I do stationary bike. I don't ride the outside bike anymore. I'm not sitting down, I do the face, face plant in the, the, the Asheville Road, around my finger. My beautiful wife Liz, she said, you know, you're not bike riding anymore. I said, it's over. You get yourself a stationary bike. In my, in my lounge room, I've got a stationary bike and an elliptical machine. They sit there in my lounge room. They, they, they take up the whole space. I love it. I've got, I've got a studio out the back as well, which is um, my martial arts studio. But Liz, my beautiful wife, she uh, she runs a Pilates studio from there now. I mean, my own private Pilates studio uh, instructor, so we do a lot of Pilates as well. Gosh, it sounds like you are just active in almost every way imaginable. And that's another thing that I guess we hear really often is just the importance of exercise and how much keeping the blood flowing and getting the body moving really helps with people's Parkinson's journey. Exactly. And I love doing, I love doing tango now for 10 years. I love doing tango. As in the dance? Yes. Oh my goodness. How did you get into tango dancing? I was sitting in a sushi shop in Paddington one one um one afternoon and I saw a post on the wall with the beautiful the beautiful Pedro and Sophia doing a tango dance. Um I love so that's me, it's got me written all over it. So I, I went along and um I turned out of my dad, martial arts tango dance, I go figure. <laughs> you wouldn't often see those Venn diagrams overlap, would you? No, we 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 do we do we're quite often on cruises and we do we we choose the cruise and we can, we can dance. And believe me, it's beautiful, and uh, the Parkinson's doesn't affect it at all. I find that it really, really, uh, my balance sometimes is a bit off, but that's, 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 that's just the out of practice, but it's, it's pretty good. Well, you've inspired me. I've always wanted to do some sort of partner dancing. I think that um, that ballroom Latin dancing is so beautiful, so I'm going to have to look up if I've got any local tango classes near me. Do it, do it. <laughs> Now, Andy, I hope you don't mind me revealing um, that we have had a little sort of uh, history and interaction outside of the podcast. You um, reached out to Shake It Up after an episode that my dad was on where he was talking about his specific uh, medication regime. And since then, uh, you guys have had a little bit of a back and forth and you actually sent him an advanced copy of your book that you've written. So I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit more about the book. You know, I'll, I'll just keep it simple. The book is not, it's not, a, it's not a how-to parky book. First of all, I'll say that because it, if you're looking around it's about parky, you won't find it in this book. But it's written, it's written, through, the, it's written through the filter of Parkinson's. Uh, I, can't get away, I can't get away from it. I wear, I wear it like a big coat. So I've got to deal with it. I've got to, I've got to put it in its place. The book is about some of my hardships that I've encountered along the way and it's about how I've overcome them. I call it the warrior, the warrior upgrade because it's, uh, it's about how you can, you can elevate your life using 20 steps, basic steps to achieve anything you want to achieve. I've applied to my life and it's, it seems to have worked. It may not work for you, but it worked for me. I do talk about, I talk about DBS, I talk about use of Cifrol, I talk about, I talk about my Parkinson's day and because it's there every day, it's there all the time and it really affects me. And how I, how I overcome that, there's, there's minimum difficulties. And uh, it's quite, quite, quite an easy read. Well, I know my dad has thoroughly enjoyed it and he um, read it really, really quickly, cover to cover, uh, had a great time and found it very inspiring and motivating uh, and heartfelt. So 
Thank you for sharing it with him. And if people want to get their hands on a copy, where will they go to get it? We're planning on launching on the, the 15th of August on Amazon and Booktopia and any online bookshops. And what is the title of the book? The Warrior Upgrade. Or you can get it from andrewdigginson.com.au. Amazing. Well, I encourage all of our listeners to get out there and support Andy and read the book because it's a fantastic read and a very inspiring read and just a wonderful story. So, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today and good luck with the release of the book. It will be out as of the um, release of this podcast. So, everybody, get out there and have a read. Can I just say one thing for a leader? The Shake Up Foundation has been wonderful to me and the really great, really great foundation. And Clyde Campbell and his crew are fantastic. And get behind any fundraisers and come along with me. You need to find a cure for Parkinson's or stop it then in the tracks. Thanks, Amy. Absolutely. Great parting words to finish on. I 100% agree with all of that. They're a fantastic organisation. So let's support them and support Andy uh, in both of these pursuits. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.